0: This is the Media Week industry podcast from the people at
1: mediaweek.com.au.
2: Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. I'm going to be talking SVOD today, um streaming was it st- subscription or streaming video on demand i always get it mixed up subscription james subscription okay we've got the uh, guys from presto in here today sean james chief executive welcome brendan moo head of acquisitions thanks james welcome. i get that right
0: yes thanks james
2: good good to see you guys here now we've been talking a lot here at media week and i'm joined by dan barrett of course dan our deputy editor at media week dan we've been talking a lot at uh media week about svod uh, services lately there's a canstar blue bit of research that came out and was sort of looked at the sector and it got a bit of a run on a current affair this week too where they looked at it i don't think presto got a bit of a mention on um the current affair on did a it current much? affair no. no
0: look you know um some people call it a story others might call it an <laughs> editorial. but look let's <laughs> leave it at that um you know we, we've we've spent a lot of time and effort in the last 12 months on on building the service out on acquiring new content a lot of exclusive content that we can probably touch on later, but also the, the tech side and the devices we're available on. So from a Presto perspective, there's been lots going on and um, we're getting lots of good feedback from our customers.
2: Were you disappointed about the results for Presto in that survey?
0: Look, I haven't been able to see the absolute detail of questions asked and you see the headline. Of course, you know we'd prefer to have five stars rather than three in you know, whatever area it was. But we know our service, we know the strength of our content. We've done a lot of tracking and work on the brand, and we know where that sits. And we also know from our tech and tech stack and roadmap the work that needs to be done and and what's underway.
2: You're widely perceived to be the third player in the market. Some people might think a distant third. Is that perception accurate?
0: No. Um, We. if you look at you know a number of data points we look at, we look at brand tracking. We're number two. We look at um, traffic and usage, which are publicly available web figures over the you know December, January, February period. We're number two. We know from some of our affiliate partners where all services are available on things like the Telstra TV or other devices of that nature that we sit at number two. Uh, from a from a usage and and utility point of view, so look, you know, there's a lot of chatter in the space, and and I think a lot of the a um, lot of the commentary about where we sit in market comes from one of the other SVOD providers rather than an independent arbiter. So you'd probably expect that.
2: So you so would you could Presto be called number two in the market? Do you reckon? Yeah, you're bigger I mean, than I'm happy, happy. on a number of measures, you'd say you're you're ahead of Stan.
0: Yeah, and they they're metrics that we look at side by side. So if you look at one of the metrics that's been spoken about is gross registrations, um, you know, the Fairfax half-year results uh, talked about 700,000 gross registrations, you know, as we sit here this morning, we're comfortably north of that from a Presto perspective. We don't necessarily see it as an incredibly meaningful statistic because these services are about, at the end of the day, active paying subscribers.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, it's, does that a stat, are you surprised by that, Dan? Um, Yeah, I mean, one of the things that sort of caught me on that Ken Star Blue survey, and I've just got it here in front of me just looking at the little graph that they put out, um, I thought Presto was maybe treated a little bit unfairly by the audience that they surveyed, uh, just in terms of range of content and new release availability. And I think maybe what this speaks to, because range of content you ranked as two stars out of five, um, as opposed to Netflix on four, and I think it was Foxtel who came ahead there on five stars. But range of content, I feel that the movies on Presto are generally of a sort of very strong library standard. TV shows, though, I sort of wonder whether or not people look at range of content and see some of the... I guess sort of TV brands you got there, which more heritage brands. So shows that people are already very familiar with, like say The Walking Dead and the HBO library and Modern Family. So shows that people have accessed on other platforms or are just overly familiar with. And that doesn't really excite people as much as some of the competition maybe. And that's maybe where that range of content perception's coming from. We look at it as um, you know the, the range
3: of content that we've got, um, as obviously they, they're big brands. So big people, are, uh, consumers are really interested in big TV brands. and. Not everyone has seen every show, and you know some of the shows that, um, that that we do have that are our hero shows. You know things like Modern Family and Big Bang, which you can argue are obviously you know well 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 worn in market. You know on our on the figures that we sort of see and the usage that we see are really well uh, kind of engaged by our our um, our subscribers and our customers. Um, and obviously, look, you know I think there's we also get tied up a little bit with you know some of the content that that Foxtel may have had previous to that. And that's that's all well and good, and I think that you know that's actually an advantage for us because obviously you know there's certain content that will have been and have appeared on on Foxtel that will then come to Presto, but if you obviously don't have Foxtel, it's 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 brand new content for you to see. So we actually see that as an advantage, and obviously we are, are very much um, you know focused on now bringing new and exclusive content to the platform and and you know we think we've got a great subset of that content that we continue to roll out and dan i'd absolutely agree with you are very very strong on movies
1: yeah uh in terms of movies and i'll just let you sort of boast on the figures on this one uh one of the things that i do like is that it's a lot of mid-tier hollywood and sort of upper here hollywood so i find that when i do go through say a netflix library there'll be a very strong indie Selection, which I'm a big indie sort of film snob, so I love that. But I also do appreciate sort of the need for these sort of strong Hollywood titles as well, and I do think Presto performed very well in that area.
3: Yeah, well, on, on movies, um, you know, I think we, we think that we have, or well, we know that we have um, basically more recent movies than both Stan and Netflix, and in many cases, um, them put together. Uh, and that's one of the, the, the things that we really see in terms of engagement of, uh, of viewing, uh, and obviously, we think we have a strong library of, of movies as well, and that's that's one of um, you know certainly our strong points in terms of the content that we have available for our customers. Um, and in terms of recency, you know, th- those big titles still do attract viewers you know people haven't seen them at the cinema or haven't haven't bought them as a pay-per-view or in in any other sort of form when they come to a service like a subscription video-on-demand service that like presto and they're they're available um, you know we're we're seeing a really really strong viewing of those of those titles
1: yeah I'm also looking at the can star blue survey one of the big areas where you sort of tied third with Foxtel, presto and Quickflix was on the issue of value for money and one of the things and james and i sort of talk about this a little bit just in terms of the pricing point for presto we sort of wonder if uh people may get slightly confused by the fact there are two different packages and from all the svod services i'm sort of aware of like you guys are the only ones that really structure it that way yeah
0: there's actually three um you can have tv for 9.99 you can have movies for 9.99 you can have both for 14.99 99. Um, we back to some of Brendan's comments about you know content and quality of content um, we see ourselves as a premium service. We think that a sub fifteen dollar price point is sustainable and bearable and you know your commentary about some of the movies that are in the service and also if you look some of through some of the shows from a TV perspective that are in there I mean you know you could make an argument that Mr. Robot is one of the most successful and hottest shows on the planet. That's totally exclusive um, with respect to the first run on Presto. So we've spent um, a lot of time and effort and energy and money in the last six months building that out, um, and we think that from a pricing construct, um, you know, we've got a solid offering.
1: Yeah.
2: To, just on that, to, to me, I've said to Dan before that I think um, if I'm thinking of joining your service, I'd get to that window, and I, if I can't make my mind up which level to go at I might sort of at that stage back off and think I'll deal with it later and then it gets out of your mind. You know, life takes over, you get busy. Is that I mean if you could you ever get ultimately a a one a one deal? where what you know, where it was say, I don't know, twelve ninety five and you or, um, you know, something. Or, or even, or would there the,
1: be anything preventing you from just getting rid of the two separate packages, just say $15 down the line for both? Look, there's a couple of... Um, Am I right to think that's
2: possibly a Yeah, possibly. Sometime? But I
0: think if you look at it, there's a couple of structural reasons behind why we've set it up that way. Um, so, you know, in, in the fullness of time, could it change? Absolutely. But if you think about it, um, Netflix has three different prices. You know, people people think of a certain price, but in there, that's a singular stream. But again, not for with, content. Right? No, but they play on the tech side with standard mm. def or high def or number of streams. So it's not uncommon that you've got differences in there, um, and others have gone with, with flat fee. I mean, sure. it's like everything in our offering. Um, you know, We're always looking at what, what do we think is the best way to present this, whether that's content, whether that's structure, pricing, marketing, all those variables go into it. I accept your point that... Um, I don't think it's price-driven in terms of if someone came in and then left because you know, these things can be quite immediate, you can be on the service quite quickly, um, so you know, there is that point in time. But where we see is you know, there's, there's different points in the sign-up funnel where people may exit, um, and um, you know, there's various things you can do to address that, but I think if you've left and it drops out of your mind, there'll be another opportunity down the track.
2: Mm.
3: We don't really see prices as, uh, as you know as, as, a, as a barrier either. Like you know, like uh, that 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 hasn't been something that we've seen with with Presta.
2: Right. Well, would that wouldn't that be more an argument though? Just okay to have the one higher price, one one only package.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, look, you could do that. Um, we like to give people choice. We think that's important. But on customer behaviour, you know, the vast majority of our customer base comes in on the bundle product. Yeah.
2: Right. Right. Okay. The. Um a couple other things that 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 soon we're exploding myths we've exploded the, <laughs> the jaw rank number three and we exploded the price one uh the partnership with seven how 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 serious are they about being and, and i guess overall and that leads to the question about how serious is presto you know the perception some people have and i probably had earlier on anyway i'm not sure if i still got it but they you were thrown up as a bit of a spoiler for maybe stan and netflix it was a strategy to maybe help uh help foxtel as a bit of a barrier against those new competitors and and you know and how does seven come into all that well i think to answer the first question why presto um foxtel took the view a number
0: of years ago that there was a segment of the market moving towards streaming tv and movies uh they made the decision to, to get into that space, and if you think about it, Foxtel's always had a desire to offer products to various segments of the market. So Presto faces a particular segment and solves a particular need. In terms of the partnership with Seven, um, Seven are absolutely 100 per cent serious. They're terrific partners, they're wonderful board members, they bring an immediate can-do mentality to the table as a, as a free-to-air network. They have um, a hugely attractive audience to talk to in terms of, you know, they're they're the number one free-to-air network and they've got excellence in local production, which also exists within the Foxtel environment. So, you know, they're some of the key highlight reasons as to why the partnership came about Um, and certainly just under 12 months in, you know, it's a very, very uh, positive functional JV with, with really good support from both partners.
3: You I'll just add to that too. Like from a programming level, which is obviously you know from the content side of the business, you know both um, both shareholders, both Foxtel and Seven, have been you know terrific, uh, terrific partners in terms of you know working with Presto around a range of different sort of content initiatives um, to, at the benefit of the service and our customers. So you know with Seven have been you know inc- incredibly supportive in terms of trying trying different things, uh, as have Foxtel. So I think they've been both terrific, uh, terrific to deal with. Foxtel has
2: stepped the pedal up on theirs at the Anytime product, yeah. I think they call it, offering a bigger on demand library. You know, are there, there crossovers there? Is that going to be confusing at all for either Foxtel or Presto subscribers? Yeah, we, we need to
0: run our business in the best interests of Presto, as Foxtel needs to run their business in the best interests of Foxtel. As Seven they need to do the same for Seven. So, in, there so is, you're there allowed are, to do that, is, though. There, there, you are, don't have
2: to consider what's Cri- the effect, what's going to be the, the fallback on Foxtel if, if we do if, this and if, vice versa? If
0: if that was the case, then Foxtel probably wouldn't have gone down the Presto path in terms of a strategy three to four years ago and launching a product you know nearly two years ago. Um, everyone acknowledges that at points in time you cross over and you potentially you know you become competitive with each other. You could be chasing the same piece of content, fighting for the same marketing channel, trying to talk to exactly the same potential customer. Um, That's going to happen and that will continue to happen and, you know, Foxtel will do things where there's been a lot written about the potential impact of um, streaming services on Foxtel's business. So, you know, you're correct to point out that there's been an absolute increase of activity and displaying and demonstrating and talking to customers about the streaming capabilities. That's, That's against the new sector in the market, not just against Presto and
1: that'll be ongoing. Yeah. Um are you sort of finding I think the Australian market's a little bit interesting and you find it across some areas in Europe as well which are in similar positions to us where there's not a lot of differentiation, differentiation can never say that word, uh, coming out from the different services. So Netflix feels very similar to Stan, feels very similar to Presto in a lot of ways. Whereas say if you're in the US, you'd find that if you were looking for an SVOD service, you'd look at Amazon, which you're bundling in with your toilet paper being delivered every week. Uh, You'd look at Hulu, which is delivering that mix of broadcast network TV along with a few additional sort of bonuses along the way. And then you've got Netflix to the side. Do you sort of need to find a position in the Australian market to say, yes, we are actually quite different to what's being offered elsewhere? Like, it just seems like such a struggle, I think, in the Australian market to have these three competitors.
0: It's, it's um, there's not the differentiation you talk about that exists in North America with the style of service. So yes, mm. the, the, the three at the moment are very similar in terms of what they offer. So that then comes to a, a content call out in some respects, um, comes to some of the distribution channels. You know, I've got no doubt that this is still a very, uh, early stage of streaming market in Australia, you know, we're we're just on a year old in terms of all three services being available and up and running, which is a, you know, a lot of growth in a relatively short period of time. So as the market continues to evolve and mature, I'm sure you'll see some of those things eventuate. Um, And, you know, each of the services will start to, to present differentiated offerings.
1: Yeah. Have you sort of looked into sort of ideas like offline sort of downloads and that kind of...
0: We've got a, we've got a, Whole list of things um, in our in our tech development roadmap. We've got a lot Could of you just run that list for us. No, no I'd <laughs> love to, a bit premature. <laughs> a, bit a bit premature. Okay. Um, those type of things are, you know, those type of things. It would be obvious to expect to see them on a list. But we know that consumers expect these services to work, and they expect to be constantly upgraded and constantly improved. Mm. We had a
2: just on that, you know dream things and dream scenarios and all that. We had a report out of a uh, Hong Kong pay T V company today. If you commit long term and I think even if you pay in advance, they will give you a TV set. So that, that an idea you guys might, you know, take on board and throw up at your next you know, we'll strategy know, <laughs> So so we well, I thought it was interesting. I mean <laughs> yeah. it it might sound a bit crazy but when you think about it it's 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 giving the giving your customer incentive for uh, for long-term commitment. They're sort of getting something back.
0: Yeah, and look, I think you're already seeing it in this market. You know, the Telstra launch, uh, Telstra TV launch offering had an extended month offer for Presto for Stan and a Big Pond Movies credit voucher. The total value of that for a consumer was $90. The cost of a Telstra TV is around, you know, Mm. so effectively Sky did it with um, the now Roku device in the UK where effectively the cost of the uh, hardware was subsidized by you know a content offering that matched it basically so already you are seeing those things play out
2: yeah
3: it's a bundling of those kind of offers and range of things that are that you'll see more of in market
2: sure the um, the content the what's proving to be popular with you guys and do you have a handle on on what's popular with your competition and is it is there a lot of difference
3: Well, obviously, um, you know, we look at obviously our, uh, what's popular on on Presto um, and certainly it's the, you know, it's the exclusive content that's available only to, you know, to to Presto that that works the the best uh, and that we sort of see the the strongest viewing out of. Uh, You know, we are focused on getting more and more of that exclusive content. Uh, but equally, you know, we, we we see other content performing well across the services. People sort of catch up or binge on on certain things. So I think, uh, you know, we was, uh, one of the most interesting things that you might sort of see out of it is you know some of the older shows that that appear uh, really strong in viewing. And one of those is is All Saints. So we've got twelve seasons of All Saints on our service, and it performs really strongly. Uh, but when you look at when you look a little bit deeper of that, um, obviously we promoted that quite heavily as part of you know our. Crossover with Home and Away when we launched our Home and Away special in, uh, across uh, December and January, uh, and we've seen people really sort of smash through that and kind of you know um, binging on that, and certainly continues to be uh, a show that uh, probably has surprised us a little bit. But but um, when you when you dig a little bit deeper, it's something that, that that works really well. Then coming up to the top level again, you've got exclusive content like Mr. Robot. You know we've added you know uh, the, every episode of Scandal, every episode of Mindy, the Mindy Project this week you know, New Girlfriend's uh, Guide to Divorce, you know, all these shows we see, as soon as that we add them and the new shows, they, they pretty much float straight to the top of, of, of the viewing levels. So, um, definitely uh, getting getting customers in and, and viewing those shows is, uh, we, we see that trend. And then we sort of see them once they've, once they've maybe got through that show, looking at what else they're going to watch next. So, next, uh, you know, that could be obviously, you know, things like, you know, uh, Modern Family or Big Bang or, you know, things like The Walking Dead, other shows like that. All perform really strongly for us, uh, and then the movies. Like the movies, we, we can't discount the movies. The the recency of our movies uh, is is a real attraction, and certainly we see really strong viewing on an individual level of, of movies when they launched and as soon as they come onto the service, the new movies, but he, and and also the library movies that, um, that that we have. So you know we offer a, a pretty broad range of viewing uh, options for for our customers, and you know we're sort of seeing you know great sort of uh, engagement across all of those uh, different genres. Uh, kids is another one that I'd mention. You know, like you know, we we've got a pretty good slate of kids uh, of kids content. Um, you know, it's something that you know that uh, that we think you know remains keeps these services quite sticky. And you know, obviously, you've got families that uh, that are taking up the 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 SVOD environment or the SVOD services, and so there's something really for everyone uh, on, on them.
2: Commissioned content. Now, hear me out on this, and you might think I'm wrong, and Stan might <laughs> think I'm wrong too. But Stan and Presto seem to have gone down the path of deciding, yeah, key commission content just for us isn't going to be critical. It's certainly not at this stage. But for me, when I mean, you look at what House of Cards did for Netflix, seemed to be the moment that they really turned a corner uh, and people started to take notice and was a big deal. Do you think, are you at a stage where it's not critical? Could it become more so in the future? Or is it just not going to, you don't think it, you need it in this market?
0: Um, no, I think it's important. I mean, we, we have had um, very well-documented success with Home and Away when we went with uh, A yeah, Knife and eyes. That's, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm no, talking but you're talking about,
2: about so you're, so what your question relates to... Something you 12. really can't experience elsewhere. You, you develop your own your own... I mean, I subscribed to Netflix because of House of Cards. For a few years, it was the only thing... I watched, mm-hmm. and I was still happy to pay out my subscription because I knew there'd be a new season coming up. And now the Full
1: House reboot, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah, and that.
2: but it, it didn't worry me because the the you know was it it's ten bucks a month, or whatever. If I know there's one bit of content that I'm really obsessed about, that that cost doesn't worry me, mm. you know. Mm. So
0: look, I think that um, we could debate the why's and wherefores of whether that was unique and different, but we certainly took the view, and I think. Um, we may have touched on it earlier, that there's, there's two pieces to this. I mean, you're talking about very low margin businesses with these services. Um, and the cost of local content production is expensive. They're, they're sort of simple facts. So we've taken a view that, uh, we've had two things that we've done today. The first one being the home and away one, which was trading off an existing franchise. We deliberately did that so from a marketing and promotional point of view, we were starting right. ahead of the eight ball rather than behind the eight ball because I think that that's one of the things that a lot of people don't look at. They say, look, we're going to do 10 one hours of X um, and that costs Y and then hang on, you've almost got to spend that again from a marketing and promotional point of view because you are then in that game with every other form of entertainment, whether it's the free-to-air networks, whether it's Foxtel, whether it's Hoytsdale Roadshow, whether the cinema chains, you know, there's big money out there in terms of presenting entertainment options to people. Um, the other one we've done with Matilda and Brian Brown was Let's Talk About, which was extreme short form, four to five minute you know, stories. And, and that played so well, and we did that for a couple of reasons. The first one was um, we love the script, we love the idea, and we love working with those people. But what we were really interested in, once we thought what we had was a terrific idea, was how's short form going to play out? Because we're seeing the rise in people util- utilising, especially mobile phones, on the commute. Anyone that's sat in a bus on a train, everyone's got their head buried in a a tablet or a phone on that morning commute. And we were seeing that. We were seeing a greater preponderance of the half hours getting watched in that environment, and we also saw this stuff watched there as well. So part of it was an experimentation. And to answer your initial question, we see the importance of originated content. There is an economic hurdle and question mark in this market. And it's fine to say, well, we can commission it, we can sell it elsewhere, we can... The TV networks have been doing that for the last 30 or 40 years, and not everything they make in commission here is
2: going to get well, picked up You need up to oversurps. get it right, don't you? Absolutely. I understand what you're saying about yeah. the size of this market, yeah. the size of the financial commitment. If you get a lemon... Yeah.
3: Marco Polo.
2: It's, a- <laughs> yeah. it's, it's yeah. true yeah. we laugh about it, but people go, well, you know, if
0: you say to people... Um, uh, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, Marco Polo. You get a lot oh, of raised that, eyebrows saying, "What's that one?" You know, yeah, that, that yeah, was so you know, right
2: to pick out their winners, but they're doing it in such volume that there's no way you could mm-hmm. do one on a. Volume and look, meter. you know,
0: we're we're not sitting on a high horse here too. We haven't necessarily everything that we've bought or selected or purchased that hasn't shot the lights out as well. It's a learning process, mm-hmm. but not everything you're going to do is going to be a winner.
3: Yeah, we I mean we absolutely have the ambition to be able to do that as we as we move forward. I mean we've also got to remember that these services are just over twelve months old. So we're very early in our in our So in are our people life, pitching new so. stuff? Oh absolutely. We're you know we're getting we're getting a lot of pitches through the door. Um and there's some great you know, some great sort of concepts out there and you know, we're obviously open to those. Um I think to to back up Sean's point, we've just been probably a little bit more tactical, a little bit more strategic around how we've kind of approached um, approached our local commissioning at this stage, uh, and you know the things that we have done, we've we've done uh, looking at from you know what they can do promotionally for us, you know so you know come back to home and away, and we we did get criticised a little bit for that, but um, you know it made sense for us because you know obviously one of our shareholders is Seven. Um, you know, Home and Away is a is, is a is a 28 year old heritage brand. Um, you know, so a lot of Australians know what Home and Away is, uh, and we're able to pitch and work with Seven very closely in terms of saying, okay, here would be a a a special event, television event that basically we can we could pitch in between um, the the. the the end of the end of the series of a regular home and away on seven uh, and across the summer period and kind of work with seven promotionally in terms of how we could stand that up and we saw great engagement with it um, on the service so that that it just proved the point to us that um, that we're able to do that and you know certainly we're in you know talking to seven again around developing you know what what may be the next uh incarnation of that
1: are you seeing much for boost in retention numbers, sort of once people have had that free trial period around something like Home and Away? Because the Home and Away audience, I would presume, are probably traditionally younger, as well as, and this going off the Facebook comments I saw, which came in multiple sort of numbers uh, after that launch, a lot of people didn't really understand the technology sort of surrounding it as well. So once they actually sampled it, were they sticking around?
3: Yeah. Look, I, I think um, again, we've probably seen that in terms of what I was saying before. They kind of went on and did All Saints, and they've done other shows that we've had on the service. Um, I think, you know, again, coming back to the point of you know, being uh, Home and Away, being a brand that's there for 28 years, it's not just young people that are interested in Home and Away. I think that you know, Home and Away sort of, you know, probably. Uh, average age probably is a little bit older than what most people think but that is not a bad thing I mean you know there's 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 plenty of people that have grown up in in fact almost three generations of people that have grown up with home and away so it's a fairly broad audience there and and yes you know we, we definitely saw uh, retention of people discovering presto and then going on to kind of uh, or discovering um, Presto via home and away and then going on to kind of view other content on the surface
1: yeah if they're sort of really moving on to a very familiar brand though like all saints is there maybe a problem where they're not trying out some of the other content which is a bit more unique to the platform
0: yeah that becomes incumbent on us though because brendan and his team do a really good job and it's actually a differentiator with us and other service the other services tend to lean and not just the australian available service globally You've heard a lot about programmatic and, mm. you know, these great algorithms that can throw up what people should be watching and favourite actors and directors and all this stuff. of thing. That's important, and we do get data out of the services. What's also important, and I think we'll see a move towards, is is more of that curation. So our service is, you know, if you like, hand curated to a great degree. So if we know we've got people coming through because we've launched new movie X or a new TV show Y, then the team's very good at, at feeding additional content. And, you know, the problem with programmatic is... And just because you watched a James Bond film last night doesn't mean you want to watch another one tonight. No. Programmatic starts to feed that <laughs> towards you. But if I know that you've watched a James Bond film and I know that you've watched a Western and I know that you've watched something else, can I start to present something to you that's an option that you may find attractive? Possibly.
1: Mm.
3: And that's one of the, I think the, the differences in Presto as well, like I, mean, I think we're the only service where you can actually go through and browse all of our content um, without being a, uh, a subscriber so you can sort of see all of the content that's available, all the curation, um, you know, our whole service before actually either logging in or becoming a subscriber.
2: Just on that, do you have sort of stats about your total hours or programs and movies, like what you've got up there? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was obviously uh, everyone was all over this sort
0: of 12, 14 months ago. It's died off a bit. We're just over 9,000 hours. Right, um, of a combination of TVs and movies, which I think is extremely healthy. Um, we are—is that more than your
2: competitors? Or uh, you I think say it's, I wanted to sit I down think and watch nine thousand hours. I think is, it's where would I go? <laughs> yeah. Look, Did if you, you
0: could get through, do nine thousand divided by three, and work at how many you, days of content you could watch every, yeah. you know, fresh content every day. I think we're probably a shade understand, and we're maybe a shade north of Netflix. I mean, it's. It's very similar, I think. To load. load
1: Sorry, I was Sorry. just on the subject of hours. Is hours really the important metric? So no. uh, said, I was going to say, like, um, all saints suddenly add, like, 80% well, of well, your well, hour well, well, in we there said, alone. We
0: said this 12 months ago, and hours, in some respects, is a little like the statistician who drowned in a lake with an average depth of five inches. You know, it means nothing. Well, what is the important um, metric? Well, I think it's about... It, you can have 9,000 hours of content in there that no one comes in and watch. You know, if they're only coming in and watching 100 hours, then... You've, you've blown a lot of money on 8,900 hours. So what we're trying to do is we think that that is um, a broad enough offering because we're covering new release, first and exclusive. We're covering theatrical. We're covering children's. We're covering documentaries, all these different genres. We have an offering there. Um, and then it's up to us to really watch... The behaviour of people and what they're watching, and keep feeding that through. You know, we've just come through our first year, so we've had a number of content deals come up for renewal, come up for change, and you know, we're looking very closely at what consumers are, are finding and watching.
2: How often do you upload content?
3: Um,
0: daily,
2: look, we, weekly, monthly.
3: We, I know that um, you know, uh, one of our competitors was you know going down the line of trying to upload something daily. Um, you know, we haven't sort of really gone down That's that same Netflix, track. right? Uh, or stand. 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 Yeah. Does
2: Netflix load daily too, or not? I
3: think as content becomes available, like okay. we generally do. When you're doing your license agreements for content, generally they're on a you know month
0: start. So what's wrong
2: day. with that strategy you're doing daily? Isn't that to be an angle, say new stuff every day. It's
0: fine. I oh. mean, it's a, it's a strategy where we're probably more weekly. So, so we're expressing wide, content okay. in. Um, we have different windows. What day of the week? It depends, well, it depends on the content. It depends <laughs> on the, so the yeah. Yeah, okay. some
3: come in Saturday morning, some come in yeah. Fridays. It, it depends on the show. Yeah, okay. So new episodes of Scandal, for example, come in. You know, at the moment on a Saturday, uh, we've got uh, brand new episodes of the Mindy Project that that will be in every Tuesday afternoon. You know, um, sort of after four o'clock. In the so afternoon. there'll be multi days, yes, a
1: week. Yeah. 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 Uh, with Scandal, sorry, hey, just, hey, sorry just just oh, sorry. on that because the other
0: thing is you got to remember with the customer base. Someone starts a thirty a month every day, and so every, all the customers are on different cycles as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, is there much of a demand from viewers to really be seeing stuff sort of within a few hours of US broadcast? Something in terms of scandal. If you're putting in a Saturday morning, there'd be lots of people frustrated on Friday afternoons, evenings that scandal isn't available there, but is available say on torrent sites.
0: So it's how we it's how we communicate with our customers. I think that you know we're getting in as quickly as we can and standing it mm-hmm. up. Um, and I don't think that a delay of a delay of the older delays of months, or programs getting held back, or multi-territory theatrical releases or whatever, you can make an argument that that drives people towards illegal downloading and piracy. To have a delay of overnight when people are asleep of maybe 8, 10, 12 hours is no excuse for torrent sites. And really, if, if you know, I want to make an absolutely serious point here, when you're talking about the availability of 6 10 and $15 services now in this market, there is zero
2: rationale for anyone to be illegally accessing content. No. Now, does that beat up at all that size of that audience though who do illegally download? Do uh, no,
0: I don't think it is. I think piracy remains so and still the is a big here. market of people doing yeah. it. And I think unfortunately, it's a cultural thing, you know. Broadcasters, content originators are all doing a better job of expressing and trying to release simultaneously and do all those type of things that you say they should. Um, and that's a positive but unfortunately I think culturally there's still a perception it goes right back to when music went digital Um, the piracy's okay but it's harmless Um, you know I'm I'm just accessing a few tracks or I'm just accessing a couple of episodes not it's not
1: yeah, but it's, sorry, just playing pirates advocates slightly. I'm not necessarily saying that piracy is something people should You're be really doing. Again now. It's I, I really now. Google. No, <laughs> on there too, Daniel. Yeah, awkward. Um, Painting okay. a target on your head. I, I, think it, I think the argument that a pirate would make though is saying that, like, let's say they really really a scandal and I think scandal is a Thursday night show in the US. So it is here Australian time at about 2, 3 in the afternoon. On if, a Friday. On a Friday, yeah. yeah. So why, if they're paying for your service, could they not access it on the Friday evening when they sit down to watch some TV that why night.
0: You, why don't you run through the process of Yeah,
3: it? so look, obviously, the process for us is obviously, A, we can't really go in front of the US broadcast. Um, mm. That's generally something that, you know, yeah. and that differs via studio or by distributor. Um, but obviously, in, in the case of Scandal, you know, they, they obviously... That's very rare. No
2: one ever gets it before the US, no. do they really? Look, regardless of what it
3: is. There's a, there's a couple, couple, and Foxtel, for example, have a couple
0: of supply arrangements where they will embargo the file in. Um, you know, it's legal red, white and blue and all over it but it's the rare occasion rather than the norm.
3: Yes, so so generally speaking you, you know we've then got to get the material in uh, do what we need to do behind the scenes in terms of you know, create the digital file, transcode it, make it available on our service before we can publish it. And that does, unfortunately, take a little bit of time from the tech side of things. So we've, we're making it as available as, as quickly as we can. Uh, you know, to the point around pirates, I mean, obviously there are going to be people that you know, realistically, regardless of if it's on a, on a low uh, low payment service, they're um, still going to sit there and say, well, look, I still want it for nothing, and I'm, I'm, I'll go and pirate it. And well, the, the,
0: with a 30-day free trial,
1: yeah <laughs>
0: yeah it just doesn't stack up and and to Brendan's point about the publishing and let's not start any violin music in the background or anything james <laughs> when we're publishing to multiple devices, each one's a slightly different transcode, so it's mm. not just the one singular file that we punch out onto a network,
1: yeah. I mean I'm just sort of looking sort of in the Australian sort of market as well where Stan for example are doing a lot of day and date releases and they are getting it there within about two or three hours of US broadcast
3: yeah I think again it comes down to the individual distributor and the arrangements that you can have with that like um you know the, uh, the Mindy project for example which we are uh, the first of the new Express episodes comes in next week um, Essentially, we'll have that within hours of it going to air in the US. Yeah. So that's just a, an arrangement with a different distributor where we've um, where we've got the, the actually getting the file a little bit uh, a little bit earlier, which allows us to prepare it. For, um, for publish,
1: Which Mindy's a great get. I think there's going to be a lot of excitement around that one.
3: Oh, we're already seeing it. You know, it's really floated already to the top of our, um, our, our viewing lists, um, you know, on, on, from a day-to-day basis. Um, you know, to have every episode of, of, of these shows is really important. And the only place that you can kind of see every episode is kind of really that claim. And then to have the new episodes coming in to, to sate that demand for people that are kind of um, interested in the show is, is great. And we're, we're
2: seeing that already. Just on your interfaces with your audience. I'm most familiar with it on my iPad. Um, Do people tend to maybe curate what they're going to watch on one device, maybe watch on another? Does that happen or do they use it all? Um, Talk to me about that. Well, we curate
3: um, the the curation for the service is largely the same across um, across uh, across whichever device you're on, mm. uh, you know, where possible. Um, I mean, it does differ on some some of the different devices just in terms of the UX, but um, the curation is largely the same. So we try and do the make the collections. Well, I was talking about my sorry.
2: curation of what I'm going to watch. I so, say, like, I might I'll do it on my iPad. Then I'm probably more likely to watch it on a if my my TV's got the app on there. Then I'd use that to watch it but I'll choose what I want to watch from, from the iPad. As in creating your watch phone. list? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that, just, that will carry across Or my just checking devices. using it as my TV guide yeah. if you like. Yeah, that, that one,
3: will carry, one carry one
0: across device your devices. Another device. the, uh, I mean, I think that's pretty atypical of environment. You know, you're sitting here now, you've got the iPad in front of you, but if you had a big screen in your home environment, that's the logical place. Yeah, but go. I'd still
2: probably have my have iPad sitting there beside yeah. me and I'll, I'll be looking through what you've got because it's probably easier to, to scan through than but to navigate than like, around some yeah, of the connected on, on the TVs. big screen. You yeah, know, so yeah, no. And also, just on that too, you've got a featured TV, but you've got a most popular movies, but you don't have a most popular TV.
3: Oh, it's a good point. We could we could have one tomorrow if you want, James. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how we <laughs> the, the service. So,
2: and <laughs> because they never really give out what their top tens are and all that sort of stuff. But, but from your experience does if i'm on netflix and are those most popular lists are they pretty accurate do you think or do people tend to push up stuff they'd like to see most popular
3: Oh look, I think there's um, there's probably a bit. Of, I, I think Netflix have have publicly said they obviously rely very heavily on their their algorithms and their data to feed a lot of that. In terms of um, that, we probably don't have the same sort of personalization on our service at the moment to do that. So you know, that's hence why we kind of take the curated approach around that. Um, you know, in terms of you know we do use the data that we have from the service to to, um, to that goes into that curation. So when you have something where you're sort of saying it is most popular, mm. it generally is 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 based on Um, kind of obviously the viewing figures that we actually get through the service. Yeah. And, you know,
0: I think where your question was going was we do use those, those, you know, leader recs and those curations to surface new content for people. So, you know, it's broadly faithful to what people are watching in terms of most popular and the heavy viewing. But one way to present content to our customers is obviously in those upper... Selections. Right, okay. Yeah, I just
2: like the most popular because I'm thinking, oh, why, why are they all watching that one? And, you think you're missing out, mate. Yeah, that's that's... I don't want to miss out. <laughs> Was it FOMO? So I think, <laughs> yeah, okay, I should be watching that, you know. Although... Uh, was it ricky and the flash the second most popular movie look i'm sorry uh, fact. well fact fact, fact fact well i know i know fact. but i'm just saying I people love Mel street i think no oh, i think there'd be a lot of disappointed people though by the time no. they get to the end, end <laughs> of I, movie. I, I, I think
0: you should watch it over the
1: weekend we'll have a 200 word price well, I've the seen it. it's a shocker sorry for, <laughs> for shock. clarification is most popular people starting the file or seeing it through so at least 80 <laughs> percent
0: um so we get stats on uh, a greater than five second view, twenty five percent, fifty percent, seventy five percent complete, and there's a decay rate in everything we do. So it starts off that initial um, play.
1: and Ricky in the flash within that.
2: Oh well, with the exception <laughs> of James, we're almost hundred <laughs> percent. Okay. <laughs> um, your traffic, you, um, you, what, what's it telling you about your um, the volume that people are coming in and downloading? Are they do they just come in maybe when there's nothing good on free-to-wear? Can you track their other behaviours? Uh, or do they come in? Do they... The Presto users tend to be there all the time, more on weekends? What's yeah,
3: well, look, um, there's, we've seen a couple of, I guess, behavioural trends which, you know, wouldn't shouldn't really come as a surprise to anyone. You know, certainly, you know, post uh, 9 o'clock at night we see a fairly big uplift in terms of, you know, people coming into the service and that's sort of created a new prime time for kind of SVOD and I don't think that's unusual amongst what the other providers have said at sure. the same time. Um, you know, to Sean's point, we've also sort of seen kind of, you know, what we've coined as commute which is kind of, you know, people kind of uh, using these services uh, on their way to on their way to and from work so uh, you know, and that's that's why we did the you know the short form. Let's talk about, and we we dabbled in that that area. But so you, you're definitely seeing some trends. Um, obviously, you know, free to air is still incredibly strong, as as is um, as is Foxtel here in Australia as um, as kind of entertainment options. So people are watching shows on there. But you, you, you can fully expect that you know once you've had your big reality hit, for example, on free to air, you know, by nine o'clock you may be looking for something else to to watch. And you know, having an on demand environment, and having um you know, a streaming service of being able to pick and maybe have that guilty pleasure the time when you want to watch something that you want to watch the, these are these are great um great services to to say that
2: uh content windows are they changing much have they changed a lot Has svod ch- shaken that all up and what yeah are they, look they're um, different i guess from movies and tv no i
3: definitely think so like i mean you know the the fact that svod services um are actually now in some cases the first point in the first destination that new shows are premiering is certainly a sign that the windows change. So Is that a
2: price thing though? I mean can you have that if you pay? Is it all price governed windows?
3: Well it is price governed windows. So if you if you want the first window for something then you generally you would pay the price um, to have that in the first window um, and but that's definitely changed I mean like you know again 12 months ago um, none of these uh, three services stand Netflix or or um, or presto existed so that that's that's a change to the market so um, so yes you know you are seeing that you're seeing the windows um, changing you're seeing some some I think uh, creative kind of execution of how those windows work so you know traditional windows of X Number of months as a whole back, you know, is all now up for negotiation based on, on 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 a piece of content. We've worked very closely, for example, with our you know our uh, one of our shareholders in Seven, and also with Foxtel to to bring certain shows to Presto that um, basically, without going into the complete data, detail of the window, um, you know, would wouldn't have been the norm um, in in the
2: past. Yeah, the um, and uh, how important are you finding it? I mean. Do, is there a real passion for people to get stuff? I mean, because just in doing that, you're, you're making pretty big um, programming decisions, really. That's your programming decision, I guess, the window, isn't it?
0: Well, in some cases, it's How? Ours, it's legislated. We'd obviously love to have as much flexibility as possible. Um, the, there's some other factors, as well, I mean, you look at uh, uh, North America, you know, there was some, some press three or four weeks ago about... Sean Parker and a new direct to home, you know, matching theatrical release of movies, 50 bucks, put the box in the house, away you go. So, you so say that makes sense, it's a premium towards going to the cinema, but then you've got the dynamic of the distributors uh, and the studios saying, well, hang on, maybe that doesn't suit us because we've put all this investment into, into the theatres and everything that goes along with that. So, I think what we're seeing with on demand, what we're seeing with streaming, what we're seeing with all these new services coming on a global basis is they're disruptive and as a result of that, we'll see consistent change with Windows and probably a concertina If you take it on the TV side of things, you know, you used to be able to slot something in at 7.30 on Monday night and 14 weeks of production and lots of time, now you've got to have it all done before it goes out the gate and, you know, if, if you said that people took a couple of weeks to charge through a 12, 14 part TV show, well, you needed three of those as a traditional broadcaster, you're going to need 20-odd now to fulfill the demand um, of your customers. So the, the whole thing, I think, will continue to evolve.
3: And, and also on content, um, you know, like I think when we sat down with um, Brian and Matilda Brown to talk about Let's Talk About, and we're talking about it as a short-form series, and you know, the, the discussion was around, okay, so it's going to be 10 by 3 minute episodes, And our retort back to them was, no, well, let's, let's look at the content and see how good the content is and let the content guide how long it needs to be. It doesn't need to be a 22-minute commercial half hour or a 42-minute, 46-minute um, you know, hour, hour, hour piece. Like, I think in an on-demand environment, um, you know, the, the, the rules are up to be changed.
2: We're still early days in this whole SVOD thing. I mean, even Netflix is still a relatively new um, SVOD player, isn't it? I mean, when I started at Media Week, Sean, you were running Warner Music. Um, Brendan, you were you weren't quite running nine, but you were pretty critical to <laughs> <laughs> their, their success. Um, how are you guys enjoying
0: it? L- loving it. It's been um, a real roller coaster for the last eighteen months, two years. I think it'll continue to to be so. We're going to see more new services coming to the market. We've recently seen the the, the hey You, which is a specialist niche service. So you know, consumers are going to be spoilt for choice. Um, I think that. In six to twelve months, we'll be having a different conversation about things moving and changing the market. But it's certainly a, a fascinating, exciting space to be in.
3: Mm. Yeah, and I'd i back that up. I mean, I, you know, I think that you know, we, if you look at the you know, historically, you know, um, entertainment's changed a lot over the years, and and it continues to. And to be kind of in some ways at the cutting edge of that is is, is a great place
2: to be. Yeah. Yeah, and you're both both still learning, I guess, on the everyday. Massive,
0: massive, massive learning curve. As is the whole sector, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It yeah.
2: continues to evolve, and you know, I think
3: that that's that's one of the great things about it. Like, you know, even when you look at um, at Netflix when it was first mooted, everyone sort of said it was going to be a library service. You yeah. know, um, they're, they're not they're not a library service.
2: No, no, they really turned into a, a production to a studio. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 which might be, you know, so maybe you guys have fulfill the library service part of it, or well, as you are now, I guess.
0: Look, yeah, and, and that will continue to be part of it. I think that um, you know, it's getting the combination right of the content offering
2: within the service. Has mm-hmm. um, the, the arrival of You hey had any effect on, you think, on the, on the sector? I won't just say on you guys, but on the sector in general?
0: Very hard to get a read on it. I think that, if anything, there's been a little bit of marketing and commentary around it. That's good from a consumer education point of view. It's a different service in that it's, it's niche. Uh, from a Presto perspective, we weren't carrying any of that style of content, whether it's you know, Kardashians or Real Housewives. So, you know, that's that's a different play again, where it's a, a global aggregated play rather than a specific, you know, how big and how successful we're going to be in Australia. So, I think that I would hazard a guess that the ambitions and goals and subscriber numbers are probably a bit more modest on that than you
2: know the, the services that are already available.
0: But it will help from a consumer education point of view.
2: Yeah. Dan, the last one from me uh, in our little uh, chat with these guys today. What, what, where to from here? I mean, where, what will we hear from Presto this year? What. You know, you're going to be out there hard pushing the brand. Have you got any big marketing campaigns planned? Or should we stand by for some more content announcements? Absolutely,
0: all of the above. Um, You know, that that continues. And I think probably the other thing that I'd throw into that is um, we understand and have learnt more about um, distribution partners. And so there's a a couple of things on that front that we're very close to announcing, which is particularly exciting. But, you know, it's grown very rapidly in terms of where we think the market can penetrate to. It's not there yet. Um, so you know, there's still, I think, another 12 to 24 months for this to play out.
3: And on the content front, absolutely. I think you know, it's you know, you'll see us continue to be very active in market and continue to make you know lots of announcements on new content that's coming, um, and also some of the lo- the local production commissions. Like um, the, you know, we've got some we've got some interesting discussions that are happening around that that area.
2: Well, that's good. Just Stan, too, on that. Uh, what you said about uh, the size of the market. Stan, I think, said when they launched. I think um, Mike Snoozyby was talking about five million potentials out there, and yeah. they were hoping to get maybe I think one point five eventually, was he talked about as they break even. Is that sort of size of the market? Does that look? Sort of and I, you think
0: you've is? got to come back to whether you're talking you're talking households, you're talking individual subscriptions. You know, these services have got the ability to register six devices, three streams, whatever. But now we, we think it can scale to um, a very healthy, solid penetration quite quickly. Um, uh, we haven't put those numbers out there in terms of our business plan, but, you know, all I'd say well, to that is... now's the time, mate. Yeah, come look, we've, we've, we've busted a lot of myths. <laughs> I'd, I'd hate to bust another one. Um, but I think the point being is that what we've seen in international markets is these services scale quickly, and, and we expect yeah. that to continue.
1: Yep. Uh, final question from me, uh, just in terms of your own entertainment, uh, what's the one thing on the platform you're loving watching at the moment? Brendan, go on.
3: Well, I love Mr. Robot. And I, I've got to say, I'm, I'm, my guilty pleasure is a scandal.
1: <laughs> is it that guilty?
3: It is that guilty. It's um, like I, I'm there on usually on a Saturday night or first thing Sunday morning on my iPad watching it. I thought you'd be a new
1: episode. I thought you'd be a girlfriend's guide to divorce kind of a guy, but and sure. I've all seen that. So <laughs> that doesn't count. <laughs> Sean, it is hard because sometimes you've seen the content before
0: it's gone up. But the thing, and Brendan and I didn't swap notes beforehand. In the last couple of weeks, we've gone back and
1: started Mr. Robot again. Because you've think, already gone through that a few times now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And it's interesting, but I've got a 16-year-old son now who's who's cottoned on as well. So it's nice to go through it with him. And it's one of those ones that uh, I think, as we know, we're very close to the second season as well. Um, you know, there's that element of probably just like all our customers do, they're going back and revisiting, which is a nice thing.
2: Presto, bringing families together.
0: Yeah, yeah, we like to do that. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> well, you know what it's like with a family, James. If you want to have a family meeting, you kick the Wi-Fi out of the wall and... The kids will turn up. Yeah, just
2: yeah. take over, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> well, it looks great to get you guys in here today. Um, great hearing about Presto and your plans and um, how you've been going so far. Australia's number two esport um, service or Australia's biggest Australia's esport biggest service, if you don't count the international players. Right? It's got a good ring to it, hasn't <laughs> <Yeah>. it? <laughs> Thank you, James. Thank thanks, you. James. Thanks, thanks
0: Dan. Dan.